Okay, our speaker tonight is Bob from uh, Bob H. Sorry, there's several uh, from the Widening the Gateway meeting in Nevada. Bob, it is all you, darling. Yeah, I'm Bob, uh, I'm an alcoholic, and uh, I want to thank Megan for inviting me to do something which I have never really done before. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been a speaker on a on a uh, uh, an internationally based meeting. Although I have, I, I have been to one meeting, uh, you know, the uh, Oh My God group in, in Florida, uh, but I didn't, uh, I, I don't even re remember if I shared at that meeting, but uh, I'll tell you, since COVID, uh, you know, being able to be at um, a, a lot of Zoom meetings and just, just the local meetings that we, that we transferred from live meetings here in, in the Las Vegas area to Zoom meetings, and having people show up from all over the world was has just been an amazing experience for the last three years or so. Anyway, um, um, let's see, where to start? Well, <laughs> uh, I've been sober for quite a while. Um, and in fact, uh, this this year, in October 27th of this year, and it's, you know, we like in AA especially, we've been encouraged not to you know, not to say we're going to be sober so long at a future date, because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, I'll just go ahead and let it out that on October 27th, I, I will be uh, sober as long as I drank, which is 30 years. And uh, there is something inevitable which happens when you, you do something like that, which is you get older. And <laughs> so I've, I've had a lot of birthdays, and I'm just about to have another one that big. Uh, I'm going to be an octogenarian, which is uh, the best thing about that is is that you don't have to say septuagenarian anymore. Octogenarian is much easier to say. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, I you know my story is that I um, well I, I was kind of a late bloomer as far as getting into alcohol and and then much later as far as getting sober. You know I was a good little Catholic boy. I went to Catholic grade school and high school. Uh, I was raised by, uh, I, I was adopted right out of the chute. And so I was raised by my adoptive parents, very interesting people. And, uh, you know, uh, there was, uh, I had stories of alcoholism from that side of the, from both sides of my family, from my mother's and my father's sides, aunts and uncles, um, yeah, usually pretty dramatic stories. But, um, you know, I didn't start drinking until I got in college and I was almost 21. I was 20 years old and a, a friend of mine that had, uh, who, who had been a friend, a, a fellow seminarian with a friend of mine from grade school. They both dropped out. Anyway, he, he brought over my first beer and uh, my first reaction to it was that I didn't like it, but I sure liked the effect. And, uh, it took me a while, you know, uh, probably two more cans to overcome my dislike for the taste of the stuff. <laughs> and it really took a hold, you know, that it it became the center of my social life and, and all kinds of stuff. You know, that that same guy and I, the, the seminary dropout guy, uh, you know, our as soon as I turned 21, our pastime was searching out cool bars, you know, and we went to a lot of them. Anyway, so um, that was the beginning of it right there. And, you know, I, I, I was in college. I had 
I had, you know, I had myself settled into a major in college and I don't know, you know, how the drinking affected my, my, my choosing a goal in life. I, I think it, it, it made me a little even, even less uh, directional than I tended to be naturally. I was kind of all, all over the place. I was into a lot of stuff and uh, you know, but it started to, even then in that first year or two of drinking, it, it, it started to uh, really kind of alter my view of things. And I, I think it kind of limited my decision-making ability to some extent, but um, you know, so I, so, so I stayed in school and I was going to change my major and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then I got drafted. This is 1966. And I got drafted because I wasn't carrying enough units in college. And, uh, you know, I tried to get out of it because I had gone to see a psychologist and I had him speak to the draft board and it didn't work. <laughs> and I got drafted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I thought, okay, well, what, the, you know, it, it's an adventure. Uh, there was that Vietnam war thing going on. So that, so that looked kind of ominous in the distance there. But um, I, uh, I, I know when I got on the army base at uh, Fort Ord, I'm from, I, 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 I'm a Valley boy. I'm from, uh, I was raised in the San Fernando Valley. I'm from Michigan originally. And I was raised in the San Fernando Valley. And, uh, you know, when I got to Fort Ord when, uh, on the coast of California, which was a very lovely place. And, you know, in some ways, uh, the, one of the first things I do is to spot where the, where there was a place around there to get a drink, you know, um, anyway, but so, um, I uh, decided after doing some testing in there, you know, when, when you first get in, they give you some tests and stuff. And I decided since they had, they had wanted to make me a radio operator, I decided, well, the heck with that. I'm going to, I had an interest in electronics. And so I, I actually enlisted in the army to uh, become a radio repairman. And that worked out pretty good. I went through some physical problems in basic, but I got through it all. And I got, finally got to Georgia and uh, I had a great time there for five months and you know found a local pizza place that served a lot of beer and I, I i probably i don't remember if i found a bar there but um you know i got through that through that school and then got shipped immediately to germany i was stationed in germany at a, a depot in germany uh, fixing radios working with civilian germans there and i'll tell you that being that that was a confirmation of my drinking if i hadn't already confirmed it then it was going to be confirmed in germany because that is beer drinkers heaven and everything else too in fact the, the first week i was in germany i went out with the guys in my barracks and they were just doing rounds of all kinds of stuff you know beer schnapps jägermeister steinhager you know around the table each person getting a different thing it was the worst hangover hangover i had ever had was was right there in germany in that in that uh, nice little small town by the french border in germany and it just, it went on like that because I, you know, I, I could drink on the base. They, they had a club right there. In fact, they had a couple of different clubs and uh, for civilians, they, they had civilian employees there. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I made it around there. I traveled some around Europe and all that. And I was there for about 15 months. And then um, I got sent to Vietnam. They needed my MOS in, in Vietnam. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, that was kind of a scary thing, but, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just kind of, you know, uh, 
buckled up and and you know did what did what I, did what I was supposed to do. And I'll tell you, when I got to Vietnam, and, and I, I was not in combat because I was a, te a technician, although there was fighting going on around me. I got there for the second Tet Offensive in 1968. And, uh, uh, you know, so there was things going on around me, and we had to, you know, pre prepare to possibly do battle if, if people were invading the base or something like that. And it came, probably came a little bit close to that a couple of times. But uh, I'm telling you, I have never seen so much beer as I did in Vietnam for five of the eight, the, the total of eight months I was there, I was stationed right on the beach in the South China sea. And they used to unload beer, uh, you know, cases stacked on pallets <laughs> and line them up on the beach. And, you know, I was just like, Whoa, man, <laughs> you know, that was a, that was a, a a great experience for me. So I so I basically I drank my way through the army and through eight months of being in uh, technically being in a war in Vietnam and uh, and when I got out of the, of that you know I uh, got released at Fort Lewis and I was flying from Fort Lewis back down to Los Angeles and I remember flying over over Lake Tahoe sitting there with a glass of Palmasan Emerald Dry in my hand and looking down at that beautiful lake. And going like, man, I've been through this. I can do anything. <laughs> and I was, what happened was I got an early out. So I was going back to school. And, uh, you know, I got out of the army on Monday and started school on, uh, on I mean, on, on Friday and started school on Monday. It was a summer session. They let me out a full 90 days early out of the war. I couldn't believe it, but they did. And, um, you know, I got back there and and jumped right back into the life. And then I got a job. I went back to school and I only lasted, uh, let's see, one, one summer session and one more semester, I think. Might have been two. Um, I got an apartment and moved out moved out from my parents' place. And then I got a job from my my, my old buddy in college. And he, he became an art director for this uh, publishing company in downtown L.A. And they hired me as a, as a, um, a, a layout artist. Graphic, that, that had been my major was graphic design. And um, so they, so I became a magazine layout artist. I won't go into uh, what type of magazines they were, <clears throat> unless somebody really wants to know. <laughs> but um, you know, and we would work work during the day and, and, and knock off in the afternoon and head for the local bar. And then you know, I had gotten attached to this bar in Ocean Park in Santa Monica, right next to Venice. And so we would drive down there after work. And I, I made some friends down there in that place, and uh, I was there playing chess with one of them, you know, and one time, and I started to leave, and I drove around the corner, and there was a for rent sign on an old Spanish-style apartment building right, right around the corner from him. This is like five blocks from, from the ocean there in, in Venice. And I said, that's it. I'm moving. I'm moving down here. And I moved all the way from the San Fernando Valley to Venice, California, to be near my favorite bar. It was about three blocks from that bar, three or four blocks from that bar, which I always figured to be staggering distance. I never walked. I never walked. I drove it every time. I closed up, you know, I, I drive to that place and I close it up and I drive home and I usually sneak through the alley. I never got caught. Uh, and, and that was kind of true of my entire drinking life, which was I, 
And for, for 30 years, I drank and drove. I got stopped three times and I got let go all three times, which is kind of crazy. But uh, I, I guess that, I don't know, that sort of made me feel a, a bit invincible, I guess. Uh, you know, it and, and it went on like that. So that, you know, that covered uh, a, a good couple of decades of living there by that place and doing that. I lost that job and then I became a freelance uh, uh, handyman. And I did that job. I, I, I never did get a regular job after that. Uh, just wasn't my style. I finally, I was getting, you know, kind of uh, financially shaky and I tried to apply for the post office. I applied for a couple of different post offices. I, I, a couple of my friends and drinking buddies were, were, were postmen and I thought that was a pretty darn good job. Anyway, I applied and and even with my veteran extra points, I didn't get hired. I, I don't know why that why that didn't happen, but it, it, it never did. So um, I basically, you know, what was a freelancer for my entire adult life, well, most of it until I was about, <laughs> until I was 50 years old, basically. That's, that's what, uh, anyway, so, you know, I went through a lot of stuff. I, you know, was living in Venice and then I had to move because the land values were going up. My rent was going to increase. And so I got a house with a, 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 my next door neighbor in the apartment next to mine in, in, in Venice. And uh, she is the one that 20 years later, after I met her, said the magic words to me, Bob, you've got to do something about your drinking, <laughs> you know, and, but it took it, it took me a long downhill slide to get to that that place where I made up my mind to well because I wanted to sleep indoors and not sleep in my car and I was you know and 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 uh, you know just look like I was doing something at least but I was curious you know to do something about my drinking which was go to an AA meeting but um, the the long downhill slide on that began to really crumble when my parents got sick and they had provided me support, you know, they were kind of like a backup for me. And so I always had my rent paid, but what happened was that eventually after nine years of living in an apartment that I had uh, taken over from one of my drinking buddies, I had moved in with him uh, and he soon moved out of there and uh, took up residence with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, but I had that apartment and I lived there for nine years, as long as I ever lived anywhere in my entire life. I, I moved a lot as a kid because my dad was a builder. And in those days, he, he wasn't my contractor. He was an owner builder. So we, we, we moved a lot, we moved into new houses. You know, this is back in the fifties and stuff. And, um, but um, let's see, where was I? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I was, I, I became in this very kind of growing more and more insecure position. And I was getting to where I couldn't hit the bar. I, you know, I, I had my favorite bars. I would, I would take off from work early and, and head for the beach. My, my favorite bar became the one at the, at Santa Monica Pier, at the base of Santa Monica Pier. I don't know if anybody ever heard of Big Dean's, but that was the one. And I, I hung out there for about 20 years. And then when all this, this downhill mess started happening um uh i be, because of the chaos in there i started discovering things about my my birth parents and i found my mother 
and it took me a little bit of go, going around there and 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 perseverating on it. But I finally I finally got in contact with my birth mother. I learned about my birth father. I've never met him, but I developed a, a relationship with her. This is just before I got sober, about a year and a half or so before I got sober. I developed a relationship with her, uh, and uh, it lasted for 17 years until she until she died in uh, 2000 and. Ooh, um, 10 yeah 2010 and uh uh but that was an amazing thing you know and i i uh well let me see well what, what you know what happened was i uh went to see her she came to california and by then i was i had been evicted from the apartment where i lived for nine years and uh I went to see her and I, I gave my old former roommate, this gal, uh, my cat to watch while I was gone. And I went down to Palm Springs to see her and my sister and her husband and, and uh, their husbands, my mom's husband. And uh, when I came back, I stopped, I think it was in Riverside. And I called my friend and I said, you know, you, you've got my cat. Do you think you could take me in for a while? She said, sure, come on over. <laughs> she had a spare bedroom in Inglewood. And I went there and it took her about a week before she just saw, saw the way I was living. You know, I was getting out. I'd go to the liquor store and I'd buy a, you know, one can of beer and I'd sit in the car and drink it. And I, I couldn't really afford to go to the bars anymore. And finally, she, you know, she just, just said, Bob, you know, you've got to do something about your drinking. And uh, I said, sure, <laughs> you know. I had a free rent, a rent-free room to stay in, you know, and, and plus she was a great cook, you know. And um, so I, I called uh, the L.A. Central office there because I, I knew about AA because I had had an aunt who had been in AA. And that's a long uh, story that turned out badly. She she died from alcoholism eventually. But but um, I, at least I had it in my head. I knew there was such a thing as that. I, di I didn't know of any other way to get sober. Uh, well, I didn't know how to get sober at all. I didn't know of any way to get sober. Just, you know, I, 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 I've heard of people stop drinking. In fact, one of my drinking buddies uh, got sick and he stopped drinking on his own. This was several years before I even thought of it. And he stopped drinking on his own. So that, that, that was in my head too. But also when I met my birth mother, I found out that my youngest brother who was 10 years younger than me. I had, I, I'm the eldest of six siblings from her and I found out that that he had several years of sobriety at that point, which uh, I, I I was stunned by that. And so anyway, that 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 was in my mind. But when I called central office and I went to that, it, well, I, I asked him if they had a, a, a meeting that was con convenient to Inglewood, and he said, "Oh yeah, I've got one for you." You know, it's, it was at the Marina Center in Culver City. And he said, yeah, they have a meeting there at five o'clock this afternoon. I said, oh, well, wait a minute. Uh, do, do you think you could give me something for tomorrow night? I don't want to go tonight. I'll, I'll, I'll go tomorrow night. He said, sure, they have meetings there all day. <laughs> so I went to that first meeting on a Monday night. And I was impressed with what I heard there. That was, that was the, that's what happened. I, you know, somebody stuck their hand out and shook mine when I walked through the door. Uh, it was a a hall. They had a stand-up speaker, and the story that guy told was 
Oh man, it, it was very dramatic. It was dramatic. It, it was not, not only just alcohol and drunk driving, but it was uh, police chases, drug busts, and shootouts, <laughs> and prison involved in this guy's story. You know, and I was sitting there going, "Oh my God!" You know, this is this is better than television. <laughs> and I I actually thought that later. I said, "These meetings are better than staying home and watching television." And uh, uh, you know, so I went to that first meeting. And then I went and drank a little bit, you know, the next night or so. And then I went to another meeting. And I don't remember much about that particular meeting, except somebody did tap me on the shoulder and asked me how long I had. And I said, well, I think about one day. <laughs> I think that those hours might add up to one day. And, um, you know, and, and somebody took an interest in me and spoke to me. And then, uh, uh, you know, but... I, I had promised to do three things about my drinking during a week. That, that, that was my requirement to be able to sleep indoors at my friend's house. And uh, so by the time I made it, that, the, the, third, the end of the weekend started coming around and I hadn't gone to that third meeting. I thought, well, you know what? I, I actually want to go to this meeting and, and, and I want to be sober like those people in the meetings. And, uh, uh, I found this meeting in a park in Santa Monica and I went there and that was the first meeting that was on a Sunday night. And, th and that was the first meeting that I identified. I raised my hand as an alcoholic, a newcomer to AA. I, I stood up and pre helped present a cake to a guy who was uh, celebrating three years of sobriety. And uh, that was it. I was in, you know, I got someone introduced me to somebody who became like a temporary sponsor for, for me, you know, and uh, it just, it, it, I was in, I finally, you know, I, I, I finally had some place where I, I felt like I could survive, you know, and, and, or make some progress or at least make some friends, you know, and I liked what I heard in those meetings. And that went on for a long time. You know, I, I, um, I went to a lot of meetings I, uh, that same home group I had, uh, one night when we were having dinner afterwards, which I liked, I, I, I love the social life and the eating and you know, the food involved in AA. And by, by the way, I got sober in, in October, October 27th is my date of sobriety. And, um, uh, it was right before the holidays. So people were having parties and, you know, there was Thanksgiving and Christmas parties and, you know, and, and 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 plus, you know plus we would go out on the I think it was Friday night go out to eat after the meeting anyway I was having uh, a, a light dinner with one of the guys and talking with one of the guys in the meeting and I'd liked what he shared and I was talking with him and he was very interesting he he was an actor and uh, I had been involved in theater for a good chunk of the eighties and as an amateur basically, but I was in a theater, a couple of different theater groups that I had gotten into because of a girl that, that I met who worked at Fox studios. And, um, uh, uh, I, I had a, a well-developed relationship with her for a while until it fell apart. But, um, so I, I, I had been involved in theater. Plus I was always a, a an old movie nut. I think I was the first kid on my block to have a TV set in the 1940s. And so I, I've watched a lot of old movies and I, you know, I, I know I can, well, I can remember most of them now, but I'm having trouble with my age 
aged brain remembering all of those old actors. But to have a sponsor who was an actor, you know, an active Hollywood actor was like, whoa, that, that was just, that was crazy. He, he wasn't that all that famous, but he had some pretty good bit parts. Anyway, um, uh, so, you know, so I, so I got my sponsor and uh, how am I doing time-wise? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't think I'd be able to do this, <laughs> talk this long. But, um, uh, you know, that, that was important to me getting a sponsor and going to a lot of meetings. I worked the steps and I, you know, he, he was able to work them. There was, on the west side of LA, there was not much re religiosity. In fact, they would even announce at meetings, you know, please don't get preachy in the meetings. You know, if, if you want to talk about religion or politics or anything like that, you can do it after the meeting, you know. And that 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 gave me a lot of comfort. I, um, I you know, that, that first meeting I went to when they said the Lord's Prayer, I was a little bit like, nah, I don't know about that stuff. I'm an ex-Catholic, and, and uh, I gave that up a long time ago. And but you know what? For many years, I just went ahead and said it because I liked the idea of standing up and holding hands with those people in that circle and just saying something, <laughs> saying something like a mantra, you know? And uh, uh, so that in some sense, it was a great, a, a great comfort to me, but that, you know, having that society and having that kind of direction, I finally had some structure to my life. You know, they, we had the 12 steps and the 12 traditions on the wall. And I, I know this is, I'm talking about AA specifically, but uh, that gave me a feeling of having some structure to my life, which of course had deteriorated to a pretty terrible state. And uh, it, it was a big comfort to me, you know, and I, I was doing some freelance work. And I remember one day I, 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 I was doing like uh painting and refinishing and stuff like that. So I was sanding and, you know, getting paint dripped on me and, and dust and everything. And I was going to a meeting because I wanted to get to a meeting. And, and I thought, oh, man, I got to drive all the way back to my friend's place where I was still staying at that point and change my clothes. And then I thought, wait a minute. They don't care what I look like or what I how I dress or, or you know, in that meeting. They don't care. So I just said, forget it. And I went straight to the meeting. And it was a great meeting. And, you know, at, at, at one point in the meetings that I was going to, in, in that room, which became my home group, um, it was, you know, I, I, I had this, another revelation, which was that I can say anything in here. You know, I could even tell the truth. <laughs> I can tell them what's really going on. And, uh, you know, that that sort of social connection and psychological connection and emotional connection uh, was very important to me because, uh, you know, um, later on in sobriety, I, I, I actually got into therapy and it wasn't the first time I ever did that. I, I did it once also while I was still drinking, just not, not too long, but um, uh, you know, having all that available and uh, uh, you know, it, my life changed dramatically, and, and and I actually got a real job. My friend had required that too. I actually applied for something, and then uh, you know when I was sober for a few years, uh, I began to feel, and I had gotten into a relationship too. That was uh, it, uh, by the end of my first year of sobriety, I had gotten into a relationship, and believe me, when I got sober, the last thing I wanted was a relationship. I had 
a kind of a dramatic situation with uh, my last girlfriend, basically, who had tried to kill herself. And uh, so, you know, I didn't want that anything, any kind of relationship like that, that where something like that might happen again. But after I was sober for a while and I met this wonderful woman and uh, she's here with us tonight. Uh, uh, it's, you know, uh, my life changed dramatically, but even so, even having, you know, that, that uh, my sponsor and, and having worked the steps and uh, you know, having a new employment and, and this is all happening when I'm in my fifties. Um, you know, I, um, uh, I still felt uh, sort of, you know, like the deer in the headlights. I still did, felt like I really didn't know how to live. And I thought, well, I don't know. I, I started talking about it at meetings. And uh, one of the guys who was also a Vietnam vet uh, said, well, you, you've been going to the VA for, <laughs> you know, a, a couple of decades. Um you know, why don't you go get some psychological help there? Get some counseling there. I thought, duh, okay. And I went there and I went to the VA, VA in the west side of LA there. And uh, uh, not not only did I get counseling, I got medication. I got an antidepressant, antidepressive. And the guy sent me to a job counselor uh, next door to his office and I got a job which actually was at a company that I had applied to years before and walked away when it came time to hand in my my uh, resume and and the job application that I had filled out I couldn't do it and I walked out of there anyway I went back to this is like four or five years later and I got the job <laughs> and I worked there for five and a half years until my wife and I, who had gotten involved in uh, re real estate and property and stuff. And uh, she had graduated from nursing school and, and she's, she's got quite a few more years sobriety than I do, but she started nursing school late. She was in her forties. And, um, and so she became a nurse and, and I had a job and we were involved in real estate and all that. And then we decided to just go for it. And we moved away from there and moved, moved here to the Las Vegas area. Henderson, we've been here almost well about twenty years now. Gosh, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, and I think in in October, it, around that time, it will be 20, 20 years we've been here in this area. And of course, we've had our you know we've had our up and downs in in work and relationships and stuff. We're, we're both retired now, but uh, you know just just as an example of of, of the kind of things that can that you can that they can happen to you in, in AA after we moved here I had gotten a job and I I lasted about six months on that job and, I, and then I was doing freelance stuff again and I met this guy at a meeting and we became friends and it turned out that and I told him I had briefly been an inspector and it turned out that his wife owned an HOA inspection company an HOA management company anyway he asked me if I wanted a job, and I said sure. And I wound up, I wound up working there for eleven years, <laughs> eleven years, which is the longest I ever worked anywhere. And uh, in fact, I retired about five years ago now. I can't believe it's been that long, but it's about five about five years ago. But that's the kind of things that can happen to you, you know, in sobriety and and uh, 
you know, I, for, for me, I give the credit to AA. And that's because of the, of the connection, the, you know, the social, um, so the social connection, the psychological connection, the, oh my gosh, you know, um, just the, the whole way my life changed mentally and physically. And uh, like, like, like I say, well, I didn't say, but towards the end of my drinking, I was also having some psychological problems and probably some physical problems after 30 years of drinking. And, um, you know, including nightmarish dreams. And that went away just almost immediately after I stopped drinking and stopped that, in, that intake of alcohol. Those weird dreams just evaporated. They just went away. But like I say, you know, there was some aspects from, from the way I was born and the way I was raised that, you know, some psychological um, and physiological things going on with me. And, you know, I was able to get therapy and I was able to get help on all those issues. And uh, I married a woman who was a nurse, which is a great asset for a guy like me to, <laughs> to have a psych nurse around. <laughs> anyway, um, wow. So I, I just want to talk, talk one more thing about, uh, you know, we we went to traditional meetings here in Las Vegas for quite a few years. And then uh, my wife was trying to help somebody out who, who, who didn't like the religious religiosities in the meetings. And uh, uh, she looked up secular meetings and she found this meeting in Santa Monica, which is where we both got sober and where we met. And we went there in 2014 and uh, went to this conference there. And it was amazing. It was a life-changing experience. And I met a, a girl that I had actually been uh, giving transportation to, to to get to and from meetings. She was a, a drug addict and she lived in an alley in Venice. And uh, when we when we met her in Santa Monica again, she had been a, uh, um, uh, a substance abuse counselor for like 10 years. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it was just an, an amazing ma magical experience. And we met a guy from who was here from Las Vegas who had started a secular meeting here. And uh, he got he got us going. And my wife Jerry, being as as um, as you know active as she is, she went out and got us a couple of spaces at our old home meeting place, and we started a couple of secular meetings there. You know, and uh, that it, it's just been an amazing experience. It's just grown since then, and um, even through COVID, you know, with the Zoom meetings. Uh, well, for there was probably a year that we didn't go to any live meetings, but then we started going to this this one live meeting that we had started, and we were trying to do it as a hybrid meeting and stuff like that. But anyway, but we're back to just doing that as a straight live meeting, and then we have another live meeting that we go to on Sundays, and, and then we do about three or four Zoom meetings a week too. So, um, you know, thank goodness for Zoom, and thank goodness to, to be able to be in a meeting like this with you know with people from all over i don't know where where everyone is from but uh i i've met people from you know from europe and from australia and from i don't know a number of places around the world in these meetings and that's just been a great experience for me so um i think with that I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh i didn't think i'd be able to keep talking continuously that long but then again 
I think I do have kind of a motor mouth. But um, oh, all alcoholics like to talk about themselves. Come on now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're done, you're done. That's okay. Just let me know. Okay. I think I'll go ahead and wrap it up, and uh, and we'll just open the floor.